Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology Today. I'm so grateful to be with you. I'm so thankful to be your host. Glad you're here. And we're going to be looking today, is there errors in Matthew's and Luke genealogy? And we're going to be using as our base textbook last several days, few weeks, page 154 through 157 in uh, Go. Holden and Geisler's wonderful book. almost said Golden and Heisler. Holden and Geisler's popular handbook of archaeology in the Bible. And so I remember even reading in what's called the early church fathers. I don't like the term, but them trying to reconcile this. And they had actually some a solution that I never hardly see anymore. But uh, anyhow, let's just get started. And they're trying to counteract a man by the name of Bart Ehrman, who is uh, probably grown into the foremost uh, person trying to prove errors in Scripture. So, thanks for being here. Ehrman also insists that genealogy is contained in Matthew, and this is from Holden and Geisler's book. I almost did it again, Golden and Heisler. Are outright contradictory. However, there's good reason to believe the genealogies are different and complementary, not contradictory. They detail two different types of ancestral lines. Luke gives an official genealogy, whereas Matthew provides the official line since he addresses Jewish concerns from Jewish Messiah's credentials, as is noted all throughout the book, I might add. Which book of Matthew? Which required the Messiah come from the seed of Abraham, the line of David, Luke, with a broader Greek audience in view, specifically Theophilus, addresses himself to their interest in Jesus as the perfect man, which was the quest of Greek thought, which that's interesting. Thus he traces Jesus back to the first man, Adam, Luke 3.38. Also, um, some have speculated that um, Joseph had a, a a father, and then his father died, and he had like a stepfather or like a Leverite father that his father died without giving birth, and then another father came in and gave seed, but it was under his name, and that was a big deal in the Old Testament. Others just say one's Mary's line and one's Joseph's line. But anyhow, let's keep going. Well, on the one hand, Matthew provides a genealogy of Jesus in terms of his father Joseph's line. And I, I really uh, don't like them calling Joseph Jesus' father. I know what they mean. But uh, anyhow, the Bible is very meticulous not to do that. Luke focuses more upon the maternal Mary's genealogy number of considerations demonstrate legitimacy of this basic uh, comparison. To begin with, although each genealogy dedicates the line of descent from Christ uh, to David, they do so through a different son of David. Matthew traces the line of Joseph, Joseph's legal, legal father, back to Solomon, David's son, the one by whom shown that Jesus is a rightful heir to David's throne. See 2 Samuel 7, 12. That's also a big deal. Luke's intention, by contrast, and demonstrate the humanity of Christ. 
he can also be traced back to lesser-known son of David, Nathan, how through his mother Mary. So he traces Christ to David's son, Nathan, through his actual mother Mary. Yes, this means Mary is also a descendant of David, thus providing the genetic pedigree that was necessary for Christ to sit on the throne of David. The curse placed upon King Jeconiah's seed prohibited any of his descendants, which included Joseph, from occupying the throne, meaning that though Joseph provided the legal right for Jesus to sit on the throne of David, the king had to descend from Solomon's line. Mary provides Jesus the genetic right for the throne. And I think all those are such important points and fantastic points. As further consideration, it's unfair assumption that simply because the two genealogies have some names in common, such as Shealtiel and Zerubbabel, they are therefore the same genealogy. For starters, they were very common names in the ancient world. By comparison, even within the same genealogy, Luke's, we find a repetition of the names Joseph and Judah. I was doing some study, and I hope to do a podcast or something on this, on the popularity of biblical names at the time of Jesus, or names in the Holy Land at the time of Jesus. That's uh, really cool in and of itself. And I'm writing myself a little note here. Jesus genealogies, because I don't want to forget that. All right, let's keep going. Ehrman misses this point. He considers the possibility of explaining divergent accounts on the basis that Luke provides his genealogy through Mary, but dismisses this option as unattractive due to his exegesis of Luke 3.23. He takes this verse as an aligning of the genealogy with Joseph rather than Mary's line. The reader must keep a few things in mind here. However, first, Luke does not indicate that he makes Joseph the base point for his genealogy of Jesus. A more careful reading of the pericope in the wider context reveals even in Luke's own words that Jesus was as was supposed the son of Joseph, see, as was supposed, which in reality he was the son of Mary as a wider reading of the narrative shows. The Greek here for was supposed indicates it was thought a belief at the time, but not entirely true. What's true in the sense that Mary was Jesus' biological mother, according to Luke's narrative, but Joseph was not his biological father. This provides immediate justification for Luke tracing his genealogy through Mary and Joseph. So this statement should not be read uh, not as an acknowledgement of Luke using Joseph as the base point of genealogy, but probably a hint that he did precisely the opposite. So that's interesting. He's got a few more points. I guess we'll go over those as well. It's kind of going to skip over them, but let's take a quick look. This fits perfectly with what we know elsewhere about Luke, that he was a doctor, and in the ancient world, doctors show interest in mothers and birth. Remember, he's the one that had the widow woman's son being raised, the widow of Nain, where the others don't record that. And... uh in fact, due to Luke's emphasis on women within his narrative, Luke's gospel has often been called the gospel for women. Coupled with the fact that he never claims to chronicle Jesus' lineage from the perspective of Joseph, these lines of evidence seem to point overwhelmingly toward the genealogy being traced through Mary rather than Joseph. Once it's seen that genealogy could have been written from that 
this perspective, Ehrman's so-called irreconcilable difficulties evaporate. And that's been my experience over the years. You know, there's great books like Gleason Archer, Encyclopedia of Bible Difficulties, and I think F.F. F. Bruce and a compendium of evangelical scholars have one. And then some of the lesser-known ones like David Cloud, Ruckman's got one, um, Gerardus Bow, they're all just great. Um, some of the lesser-known ones I really appreciate more than some of the more popular ones, believe it or not. They, they just, to me, have more scholarly heft to them. If it is granted that it, at least possible that Luke documented the genealogy from the maternal standpoint, Ehrman's case becomes substantially weakened and really, in a sense, obliterated to me. He presents only a possibility that the two accounts contradict and all things being equal, we should give these ancient historical records the benefit of the doubt. You have to remember, too, that uh, they could go to the temple at that time. I think Tertullian puts this out, or points this out, and look. I mean, till the destruction of the temple, they had the genealogies, the Davidic line. They're in the temple. So the Jews never said, well, you know, the line's wrong. They questioned the virgin birth, but they never questioned the lineage. Benefits tend to operate with the innocent until proven guilty principle in dealing with non-biblical data from the ancient world, and so should those approaching the history of the earliest Christians and their leader, Jesus, especially if you want to do it from just a historical viewpoint. It's been my observation, if you just use the rules of history, the Bible comes out standing so strong. When viewing Luke, then, from the maternal perspective and Luke Matthew from the paternal line, the two genealogies can be summarized, and it does it in a little chart here. As readers can see from the above chart, the addition and omission of names can be easily reconciled when considering that the text already seems to imply that Luke traces Mary's line rather than Joseph's. So, fantastic stuff. I really commend... Uh, Geisler and Holden. And that's why I always recommend people to buy their, purchase their book, and I use it as a textbook. And I just want to say, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. Continue to pray for us. Leave us a five-star review. Join us over at New Life of Albany at Facebook and YouTube. Love to see you over there. Maybe make you a journal or a notebook of things you find interesting every day. You'll be amazed at the benefit it confers on you. And see you next time. God bless you. We love you. Okay.